Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, you guys can be seated. Something funny happened uh, after the service last week. Um, I talked about essential oils last week. And um, what's interesting is, is someone sent me a picture of the gift that we gave all of the moms. And it was infused with essential oils right there on the front. Sorry I was hypocritical as it relates to essential oils. The other thing that happened last week was I referred to my grandmother's cigarettes as pale mail. And in West Tennessee, that's what we call them. Apparently the correct is Paul Mall. Am I right about that? All right. So I'm glad that you guys had grandmothers that gossiped, smoked Paul Mall, and drank black coffee on Saturday mornings. So anyway, I just want to give those two caveats. So Apparently, I was, if you only knew how many messages I got telling me that the correct way to pronounce the cigarette was palmo, I was like, I didn't think that many people cared, but I guess we do. We care. So, all right. Well, guess what? Today is the last day of Romans. No, you're supposed to go, oh, you're not supposed to go woo woo. All right. So listen, um, why did we do Romans? Well, here's why we did Romans. Uh, because we have a society today that thinks that we should be ashamed of what the gospel says and thinks that we should, um, thinks that we should bow down to or curtail our beliefs or the way we live our lives to what society says is right and wrong. And the only problem with what society says is right and wrong is that there is no foundation on anything at which they say. See, what you need whenever you're going to decide how to live your life is you need a solid foundation by which is something that is not only universally true, which we've seen the scripture is, but also is eternal. See, when you base your life on things that are not eternal, what ends up happening is, is you get disappointed because people will let you down and society will let you down and your 401k will let you down and on and on and on and on. So we did the series because I wanted to make sure you understood that you did not have to be ashamed of what the, the Bible says. You don't. You don't have to be ashamed of it. All right? Now you also don't have to beat anybody over the head with it. You don't have to do that. You can be the Bible in your actions. Are you with me? So let's look and see what Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 says. It says this. Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And then verse 17 says, The good news, this good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. 
As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And leave that up there, Lynn, because the world would tell you that it is through money, possessions, it is through having the right pronouns, which I find absolutely ridiculous. Uh, all of those things are how you have life, right? We, you have to act a certain way and be a certain way. But the reality is, is how we have life and how we're, the world has life is this. They understand that it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith in what? Faith, belief that God did what he said he was going to do. And that is, is that Jesus Christ came, died, and rose again. And by the way, is coming back. And so that is what we're here for. Now we've went through a lot of different things in this series. We've talked about knowledge before application. And knowledge without application is useless. You can have the knowledge, but if you don't apply it to your life, it's useless. We've talked about how it's supposed to be inward change before the outward change occurs. Okay? If you do in if you do outward change before the inward change occurs, then what you're doing is is you're just basically faking it. All right? You're being, you're being fake. What I would say on Easter would be you're being a hollow bunny. Are you with me? You're being a hollow bunny. And whenever the pressure comes, you're just going to crumble down. We talked about God's transforming power of how we no longer live under the weight of sin. We've talked about legalism and the effects of that. We've talked about how we are to have life in the Spirit and how we are not to languish, but we are to flourish with that life in the Spirit. We've talked about how we are heirs and our position in Christ. We've also, in chapters 9 through 11, we hit on how God has the power, grace, and mercy to do what He says He's going to do. And then verses 12 through 16 have been about application, application, application. And the overarching theme of the whole book is unity. We talked a few weeks ago about how loving others is a decision and last week we talked about how it's important that we kill that critical spirit in order to make sure that we are in unity with other people, other believers. And so today we're going to wrap up and we're going to see Paul's final remarks and his plans going forward. Now I want to tell you this, this is very interesting because what, what I want to make sure you understand is, is a lot of the verses that we're going to read, a lot of the verses we're going to read today you guys know whenever you're trying to read through a book of the Bible and all of a sudden it says and, and, and this person begat this person begat this person begat this person. You know when you're doing all that? And so you try to read it like this. You go and this person blah, 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 blah. Oh okay now I'm back to the. You kind of skip over all that. Today's message is one that you would actually skip over. If you didn't understand what's going on underneath, there's something going on underneath that I don't want you to miss. And it's a very powerful ending to a very powerful book. And so we're going to cover two different sections today. Now remember he's writing to solid Christians. These are solid Christians, both Jew and Gentile. And he's wrapping up his final remarks to them. Let's see what he says starting in verse 14 of chapter 15. So it's Romans chapter 15 starting in verse 14. Here's what he says. <clears throat> he says, I'm fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you're full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. That shows you that they are strong followers 
of Jesus. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points. Now, I want to say something to you. This is very important, what, what, what Paul is saying here. He's saying this. He's saying, listen, I understand that you know the Scriptures. I understand that you're a Christian. I understand that you're deep in your faith. But I want you to know something, too. Sometimes people have to be bold enough to tell you things that maybe you don't want to hear. They have to point out things to you that maybe you don't want to hear. And I've always said this to people. If you have, if you have a friend of yours that comes to you in love and tells you something difficult for them to tell you, you need to perk your ears up and listen. Because if you think about it, that friend has nothing, nothing to gain from telling you a hard thing. They don't. As a matter of fact, they have a lot to lose. Your friendship they would have to lose. But they're trying to help you. The Old Testament says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. You know what that means? It means that when people tell you something, those wounds that hurt you, they can be trusted. You can be trusted with that. All right? You can be trusted because that friend loves you enough. And that's what Paul's saying here. And then he goes on to say, Knowing that all you need is this reminder, for by God's grace I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy, uh, made holy by the Holy Spirit. So, I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Here you go. So he's saying, listen, I'm fired up here. I have every reason to be, be, be to, you know, to boast in all these things. And then, he's, then he switches. He says, yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. Bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. How about that? There's a lot of big words in the text today, by the way. I'm going to screw up half of them. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where, where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken of the Scriptures where it says this, it's an Old Testament thing. It says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long, I have been preaching in these places. So now I have finished my work in these regions. Now here he's going to talk, talk about his plans he's going to make. He says, and after all these long years I'm waiting, I'm eager to visit you. I am planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. So those, here, he's getting ready to go into the part where you would usually skip over. And I want you to perk your ears up and listen to this. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggle by praying for, uh, to God for me. Do this because your love for me given you by the Holy Spirit. 
Pray I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now, and, and now may God who gives us his peace be with you all. Amen. And we're going to stop right there and we're going to talk about a few things and I'll come back and we'll pick up with 16. So, one of the things I want you to pick up on is this. This is very key and I want you to hear this. All right. I want you to, I want you to hear this. The first thing that Paul says here is he says, I want you to know I understand you're a full believer. I want you to know I understand that you're a strong believer in Christ. And then he says, I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ has done through me in service, yet I do not boast. The first thing I want you to understand is, is that Paul is telling them, you have what it takes with Christ. You have what it takes with Christ. One of Mike White's, our, our youth pastor's favorite uh, preachers, is Joel Osteen. He loves Joel Osteen, listens to him all the time. He does podcasts. He does. He loves him. He, he really does. He loves him a whole lot. You should talk to him about it. He can tell you all about it. Don't talk to him about it because you'll be here for two hours. But um, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have gotten into a place in society where we, and I say we as pastors, oftentimes will choose to do feel-good theology. And they'll tell you things like, you have what it takes. And you can do it. And what you find is, is that you find instead of being pastors, people become motivational speakers. And they become motivational. And I want you to understand something. I don't view my role to be a motivational speaker. I don't. I view my role as to teach you what the text of the scripture says. And if you're going to be motivated by what I say, it's because Holy Spirit is speaking to you deep down. He's taking the words of the text and combining it with Holy Spirit with inside you. And he's teaching you and growing you and learning you. But my, my, my whole goal here is not to be a motivational speaker. I don't know if you guys know this or not. But, but the, 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 uh, the sermon center in the hands of an angry God. You would think that the sermon center in the hands of an angry God. Was, was there was fire and brimstone and hellfire and brimstone when he spoke it. Um, when when, when the, the, the literally... There was a revival throughout America and, and sinners in the hands of an angry God was spoken and he was fire and brimstone. But that's just not the case. As a matter of fact, when, he, when the pastor read, he literally read it like this and he read it verbatim. He had written down word for word and all he did was speak the truth. And when he spoke the truth, Holy Spirit stirred the hearts of the people and revival was in the land. So yet you do have what it takes with Christ. I want you to get that. And you can't miss the with Christ part. Look at what Romans 15 verses 17 and 18 say. Romans 15 verses 17 and 18. It says, so I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything. Here it is. Except what Christ has done through me. Except what Christ has done through me. I want you to know it's not you doing that. When you submit your life over to God, it's what Christ is doing through you. And the truth is that aside from Christ, you would be a mess. You would. 
you would be a mess. All of us would be a mess instead of, instead of being who we are in Christ. And what Paul is telling them is, is he's saying, listen, I understand that you think you can will yourself to get along. I understand that you think you can will yourself. There's Jews and there's Gentiles in this church. They've come together. They can't get along. And they're having an issue with unity. And Paul's saying, I want you to get something here. I don't want you to miss this. The only thing that you have in common with one another is Christ. And the only way you're going to meet one another is Christ. And the only way you're going to be unified is Christ. The truth of the matter is, is the same is true for you and me right now. It is. It is. I know some of you personally, you would not hang out with me if it weren't for Christ. All right? Now, I personally would hang out with everyone here. But you would not hang out with me if it weren't for Christ. You'd be like, I'm not listening to that dude anymore. He's crazy. If it weren't for Christ. There's things in your life. Think about this for a second. Why are you here this morning? Yesterday, a lot of you may have slept in. You could have slept in today. But why are you here? The only reason you're here is Christ. Think about that. It's the only reason you're here. It is. It's what Christ has done for you. And for some reason you believe that it's beneficial for you to come and be among, and we're going to talk about not being alone, you to be among other believers because of Christ. And what Paul's telling them is, is he's saying, listen, Jew and Gentile, you can do these things, but only in Christ. We know Philippians chapter 4, and I think I have that text, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I want you to understand something here real quick. Everybody always uses this for a sporting event. It has nothing to do with a sporting event. What Paul is saying is, is right before this, he says, listen, I know what it means to be in plenty, and I know what it means to be in want. I've been, I've been where I have a lot, and I've been where I have a little. It says, and I have learned to be content in all situations. I've learned to be content in all situations, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's talking about being content in himself. He's talking about, but here's the thing. Paul could not have been content if it weren't for Christ who gives him strength. And the same is true for you and the same is true for me. Now in the same verses we just read, Paul hits on something else. And this is the second point. Use your gifts. Use your gifts. He says, I can't believe everything that he has done through me, that God has done through me through Christ because of what Christ has done. I can't believe all these things. He's allowed me to do all these things. Use your gifts. And Paul puts a caveat on it. Bring up verse 18, if you would, please, Lynn. Verse 18 says, yet I dare not boast. Use your gifts humbly. Use your gifts humbly. The biggest thing lacking in society today is humility. It's humility. The biggest thing lacking is humility. Do you have any idea how many relationships have been lost because of pride? How many relationships have been lost because of pride? I was in a meeting this week. Sometimes here we have to be in meetings, and I don't like being in meetings uh, of this kind, but we had to be in a meeting and we were talking to this little, little, little young man and uh, he was a great young man. Um, but his, his mother and father were in the midst of, of a, they had already gone through a really bad divorce and 
they had gone through a divorce, and this young man, and, and obviously the, the mother and father weren't getting along, and they were having feuds, and it was just a mess. And so instead of being humble and humble themselves, they had drawn each other in each corner. And I want to get you to understand something. When, it, when a husband and wife are, are divorced, okay, it's, the divorce is, is, is obviously not good. But what makes it even worse is, is whenever pride comes in and both parents are throwing arrows at the other one. And I'll, parents, if you're in this situation or you know anybody you are, tell them this. The arrows never hit one of the other parents. They always hit the kids. And the kids, the kids, this kid who, who should be, should not have to worry about these things. You know what I mean? If the parents would both just act cordial toward one another, it wouldn't be an issue. I've seen that work a lot of times, but the reality is, is that they weren't able to do that. And so they were throwing arrows back and forth at each other. And so what ends up happening is, is that we as pastors, counselors, we have to help pick up the pieces of that. Are you with me? And it's a hard thing. Why? Because someone will not humble themselves. Don't ever forget, you guys, when you sin, you never sin alone. Your sin always ripples out and affects other people. Don't ever forget that. Proverbs 16, 18 says this. It says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. We know that verse. Pride goes before, uh, comes before destruction. It always, we always see it. And what Paul is telling these people that can't get along, he's saying, listen, learn to get along. What I'm telling you is, is I have done great things because of Christ. And I have done incredible things with the ministry, both with the Jew and the Gentile, because of Christ. But I'm not going to boast in myself. And so what he's telling the churches, though, is he's telling what they're reading when they read this letter is... You too need to be humble. Do you know what the biggest issue oftentimes in churches is? Is people that are prideful and want to get their own way. That's what was going on here. Everyone wanted to get their own way. And I have personally seen when people wanted to get their own way in church, split a church apart. All because of pride. And Paul's saying, don't be that way. He's saying, I have a lot to boast about. But I don't boast because it's all what Christ has done through me. I try to be humble. And so he's saying, humble yourselves also so that you can be in a church where there's Jew and Gentile and you can get along. You're not going to be able to get along unless Christ is in the middle. And when you do begin the process of trying to get along, you need to make sure you humble yourself. And then he does something amazing. And you would not understand it unless you understand the background. So I want to explain you a little bit of the background. The third thing that he says is give freely. Give freely. He's given an example to give freely. So I want, to know, I want you guys to know what Paul does. Let's read Romans chapter 15 verses 25 and 27. It says, but before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for, those, for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. And then it says, they were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem. So I want you to understand what's happening here. Paul is around 600 miles from this church in Rome. Paul, instead of going and visiting this church in Rome, wants to make a point to the church 
that he's going to go 800 miles outside, uh, out of the way. He goes 800 miles the opposite direction of the church. And he does that for a reason. The reason he did that was to give an offering to the church in Jerusalem. Who is in the church in Jerusalem? Does anybody hear that? Are those? <laughs> Could you go check on the children and make sure everyone's got a heartbeat? Thank you. All I heard was, ah! Sounds like a lot more fun than in here, huh? Maybe we all need to join these children. It's probably Mallory and Sam. So, probably. Anyway, but he does this for a reason. He, the people in these two churches had taken up an offering to go toward the church that's in Jerusalem. Specifically to the poor church in Jerusalem. Who are members of the church in Jerusalem? Jewish people. Jewish Christians. Jewish Christians are members of the church in Jerusalem. Poor. Some of them are poor. Paul is taking an offering to the Jewish church from two Gentile churches. I want you to get that. He's saying to them here, and remember the church had Jews and Gentiles in them and they couldn't get along because they couldn't agree on what's what. So Paul says, I want you to give freely. I'm I'm actually taking an offering from two Gentile churches that love the people in the Jerusalem church, the Jewish Christians, so much that I'm going out of my way to take them this offering. The Gentiles are giving to the Jewish Christians. Why are they doing that? Because they understand that they are all one in Christ. That's why. And so if you're reading this letter, you're saying, wait a minute. So you've got these Gentiles? You've got these Gentiles that are, that, are, that are sending money to the poor Jewish people in Jerusalem? And that would have been heavy for the Jewish Christians in, in Rome. It would have been really heavy. They would have been like, wow, that is amazing. He's saying give Freely, give freely. And he's hand delivering it to the poor. So then we start with chapter 16. If we could bring up verse 1 of chapter 16, he says, I can, there's a lot of hard words in this. I apologize ahead of time. I can, now, this is the part where a lot of people just skip over to right here. This is the main part. I commend you uh, to our sister Phoebe, who is, a de- who is a deacon in the church in Concheria. Concheria, sorry. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy to honor God's people. Help her in what, whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers, in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they, is, I don't know, I hear something, I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them. Don't miss this. And so are all the Gentile churches 
Who is she thankful for? Priscilla and Aquila. We're going to talk about them in a second. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear brother uh, Eponidas. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary who has worked so hard for your benefit. <clears throat> okay. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews. And right now you guys are going, okay, why are we greeting all these people? All right, let's greet. All right. I'm, these are big words I'm tired of reading. Keep reading. It's important. My fellow Jews who were in prison with me, they are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I died, uh, but before I did. Greet uh, Amplidius and my dear, uh, and my dear uh, um, friend in the Lord. Greet uh, Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend uh, Stasius. Greet Apelles, how am I doing? A good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings uh, to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Uh, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Uh, greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Greet my, uh, give my greetings to uh, Trophina and Trophosa. That just sounds like a twin couple, doesn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? What am I going to name them? Trophina, Trophosa, that's good. The Lord's workers and, and to Persis who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus who the Lord picked out uh, to be his very own and also his dear mother who has been a mother to me. And then it goes on. And it says, how many people have checked out by now? How many, y'all, are y'all checking out? Don't check out. Stay with me. This is important. It, there, honestly, there's a really good important message in this. Give my greetings to uh, Ascrinicus. Uh, if somebody named me Fliegen, I would have to be like, I'm changing my name. I'm changing my name. Fliegen, Hermes, Patrobos, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters to whom... Uh, meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus, Julia, Neros, and his sisters, and to Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. Okay. What in the world is he saying here? Why, why would he... Listen, Paul, Paul does this every once in a while. He will send a greeting or two. He'll, he'll send a little greeting like, hey, you know, greet Fliegen. All right, greet him. All right, greet, greet so-and-so. Uh, oh, by the way, tell so-and-so I said, hey. You know, we do the same thing when we're texting or, or, or emailing somebody. He does this. But Paul goes a lot deeper in this. He does. He goes a lot deeper. Let's see exactly what he's going on. He listed a lot of friends. And this is the fourth thing I want you to know, that you are not alone and he's telling the church, listen, you are not alone. Let's go to Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. It says, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Um, it says, There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquilus, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Interesting. So wait a minute. So, so Priscilla and Aquila are Jewish people. Okay. So he's giving greetings to them, and then he starts greeting other people, one right after the other, right after the other, right after the other. Let me tell you what Paul's doing here. Paul is greeting some people that are Jewish, and some people that are Gentiles, and some people that are Jewish, and some people that are Gentiles. 
And he's going back and forth and back. And he's telling, <clears throat> he's telling, hey, he did this and they did this and he did that and he did that and he did and he did that and they were great to me here and they were great to me there. And he goes on and on and on. And what does he do it for? He does it to let them know the people that are in your congregation are good people who love Christ and I want you to greet them for me and that will bring about so you will understand what exactly they have done and so that you will understand that you can be unified with them because I'm listing out both Jew and Gentile in this list and the issue at the church was unity because the Jews and the Gentiles didn't get along and so to the Gentile, he's saying, listen, hey, say, you know, tell Priscilla and Aquila, I said, hey, and I want you to do this. And then, and then to, the, to the Jews, he's listening out other people. And they did this. And, and it's all one big family because he wants them to know, listen, you're, you're not alone. You're not. And right before that, he had said, and by the way, the Gentiles are giving a donation to the Jewish church, to the poor there. And I'm taking that money before I come see you. You, you are not alone. Are you hurting? You're not alone. These people are in your church that I know. These people that are in the area I know. And they've been workers with me. And I trust them. And more importantly, you can trust them as well. And that's what he's trying to say here. He then wraps up with something we need to hear more than anything else. Starting in verse 17, he says, And now I make one more appeal. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal Lord, uh, their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrongdoing. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings, as do Lucius, Jason. Doesn't Jason seem not fit there? It's like Lucius, you know, Jason. Um, and especially after this one, Sassisbiter, that's the name, my fellow Jews. I, 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 Tertius, the one writing this letter, he is dictating for Paul, send my greetings too as one of the uh, Lord's uh, followers. Gaius uh, says hello to you, so he's telling who all's with us. He is my host and also serves as host of the whole church. Aristus, uh, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother Cordus. Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. This message about Jesus Christ has been revealed, his, has, has revealed his plan to you Gentiles, a, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. In verse 17 through 19, he says something interesting. He says, be careful when people are saying things 
that are not right. Be, and on my notes I put, be careful of shiny things. I love fishing. I love it. I love when I go fishing. And there is a common theme among, among spinner baits, uh, different kinds of baits. They all have a common theme. Most of them have a shiny thing. It, it, is, it is a shiny thing. Most of it, it's like a blade and it's, it, it'll, it'll, it'll propel. Some of them have little propellers that go on the top of the water. But they all have shiny things. A lot of times they'll have bright colors or colors that catch the eye of a bass. And so if you throw that shiny thing in there and they're in the water, it kind of looks like a minnow to them. And unbeknownst to them, they would just lurch at that shiny thing. Kind of like my wife, whenever she is in a checkout line at Publix, she will buy that whole area there in Publix, like with the candy and the lip balm and all that. Does anybody else do that, by the way? Are you guys anybody else always? We go from spending about 70 bucks to about 100 between the, the it, I always say, let's go to the, the checkout, the instant cart thing. Let's do that. All right, let's get out of the way because we don't need to go through that. Because that thing, I always tell her, and look, the worst part is, TJ, have you ever been with TJ Maxx? See, they trick you. <laughs> TJ Maxx, their checkout line is four miles long, and you go through a maze, and they've got everything known to man. I mean, and here's how it is. I'm pushing the cart and Wendy's going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, honey, we don't need any more popcorn, moose popcorn. Are you with me? Or another candle. Or another on and on and on. I go all the way through. But that's what he's saying. Listen, don't bite those shiny things. Don't take the bait to that. If it's against what the word of God says, don't take the bait to that. Don't let those people come in here and teach you something that you weren't taught. Don't let those people come and tell you something that you know is not the truth and try to drag you and pull you astray. The shiny thing is going to come before you guys. It is. It is. I want to tell you something. There's a lot of shiny things that are coming before our teenagers today and some of our young adults. They're shiny, man. They're shiny. Oh, you need to, you know, just accept everyone. And God, God accepts everyone just how they are the only problem is that's a lie it's a lie you can feel good about yourself for a while but that's a lie and God's word is not going to come back void and it's definitely going to, not going to come back untrue and what he says will happen will happen and so who's the worst person someone that doesn't tell someone the truth or someone that just loves someone loves supposedly at that time, I'm going to tell you something. I had to tell my kids some hard truths sometimes. Son, you can't run out in front of a bus. Okay? This is why. Son, you can't run in church because if you run in church, you're going to knock over one of the older people, and that's going to cause them major trauma because you were trying to chase a ball or be funny. And that's just the truth. Son, you can't have everything you want. You can't. You can't do that. You can't have every little thing. And the truth of the matter is, is that we have a lot of shiny things. But I want to tell you, be careful of shiny things. Because if you're not, you'll get caught. And that is the book of Romans.
You can clap. <laughs> we did it, y'all. I feel like Clark Griswold in front of the moose. We did it, y'all. Oh, it was awesome. Listen, thank you so much for being attentive. Thank you so much for going through this whole year, uh, going through Romans. It's an incredible book with a lot of layers. And I really think even though that there's some hard words to read in verse chapter 15 and 16, even though there's some funny names, I want to tell you something. The message of Romans is found in those verses that we just read. There is a deep, deep message there that says, hey, listen, say hi to this person, say hi to that person. You're not alone. I love these people, so can you, both Jew and Gentile. Let me pray for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.